in our series called Living for More. L- living for More. Now, I have to ask this question. What, what's the why behind the series? Because I, I feel like too many people, I mentioned this two weeks ago, I feel like too many people live like this. Thank God it's Friday. Oh, God, it's Monday. Like you live in that dichotomy. Thank God it's Friday. I get to go out. I get to see my friends. I get to hang out for the weekend. Maybe I'm going to the lake. Maybe I'm going to go bowling. Whatever the case may be, I get to hang out with people. And then Monday rolls around and what happens? Oh, God. Now I got to go back to work. Now I got to go back to to what I don't want to do. Now I got to go back to what pays the bills. Now I got to go back to that J-O-B. And it's like, oh, oh, God, it's, it's Monday. But when God's call on your life, when you recognize God's call on your life, you recognize that you're called to have dominion in every single area of your life. That you don't just live for the weekend, but you live to expand the kingdom Monday through Sunday. Why? Because Genesis chapter 1 verse 28 says this, And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and have dominion over the earth. Go back to two weeks ago, think of our will of purpose, and and what was at the center of the will? Well, at the center of the will is the cross. At the center of your life has to be the cross. At the center of your life has to be Jesus, and when Jesus is at the center of your life, then all of a sudden your life starts to have purpose. You you start to realize that your day-to-day matters. You start to realize that if you're a teacher in the room, (laughs) even though the school year gets hard, your your day-to-day matters. You start to realize that that even though you're in insurance, your day-to-day matters. It's how you interact with people. It's how you expand the kingdom. Maybe you work in a bakery. You start to realize that your day-to-day matters. Darius, I can't tell you, man, I can't tell you how much. This was not in my notes at all. But so Darius works for Jenna. He works at the bakery. Can can I tell you that I know sometimes you you feel like you're just making cookies and Pop-Tarts. But, dude, when I come into my house and, and Piper's talking about you, and, and my daughter's talking about you. Can, can I let you know that you light up a room wherever you go? There, there's something about you that, that you light up a room, and, and, and we can, like, yes, clap for it, but, but I feel like there's people in the room that you don't really understand or realize the impact that you have on people's lives just in your day-to-day. Just in interacting with him. Darius and I cross paths most of the time during the week about 5 in the morning. Because he's taking deliveries, I'm up, and it's like, hey man, how you doing? Hey, all right. Like, like the world is not awake yet. And me and Darius are like, all right, well, I'll see you later. Like, we're, we're already up and at it. But, but you don't realize how your day-to-day truly makes an impact. But it all starts with having Jesus at the center of your life. And then once Jesus is at the center of your life, you recognize that you're called to be part of a greater community. Listen, contrary to popular belief, there's too many people in society going, I don't need to go to church. I can, I can worship Jesus. I'm like, sure, you can worship Jesus on your own. But even Jesus needed community. Community is important. Yes, we can have communities outside the church, but there's something that happens in our soul, in our spirit, and in our mindset that when we gather together on a Sunday morning and we worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, when we lift our hands together, when we praise Jesus together, something happens internally to us. That's a whole nother message that I'll preach on. But most people stop there. They say something along the lines of, yeah, I love Jesus. Yes, I'll be a part of the church, but we never step into our apest gifting. We never fully step into Ephesians chapter 4. And this is what I've realized, that there's no such thing as secular employment for the believer. Every believer is in ministry. I don't care what your day-to-day is. 
every believer is in full-time ministry. Listen, you might do insurance. Insurance is just paying you to do ministry. Insurance is just paying you to step into people's lives. You might be in sales. That company is just paying you so that you may be able to spread the kingdom of God throughout your day-to-day life. Every one of us is in full-time ministry. What we've come to realize is this. Whoever controls the gates controls the city. We talked about these seven gates of, of society and what are the gates? Family, education, government, media, entertainment, business, and health and wellness. Now, I did this during our prayer rally this morning. But if I had to, by a, sh- a quick show of hands, if I had to ask the question, hey, who's controlling, who's controlling the gate of, of entertainment? Is it, is it the kingdom of God or is it the kingdom of the devil? But by a show of hands, who would say that the enemy has control of the entertainment industry? I'm just curious. But by a show of hands, who, who would say that the enemy has control of the government gate? And, and this isn't a political statement, but by a show of hands, who, who would say that the enemy has control of the media? But by a show of hands, who, who would say this? I believe that two of the, the biggest battlegrounds right now is family and education. I believe that the church and the kingdom of God is waging, or the enemy is waging war against the kingdom of God when it comes to education and when it comes to the family. So so we have to pay attention to these gates. Why? Because God has called us to awaken the apex gifting. Ephesians chapter 4. I'll I'll read it. Ephesians 4 starting in verse 11. Like, What is this apex thing? So Christ himself gave the apostles the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers, the apest gifting to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ, why why do we get those gifts? So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So so in the book of Ephesians, we recognize that it takes every single person's gift working together to impact the church. Why? So that we can then impact society, so that we can impact our communities. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the shepherd, and the teacher. What does that look like in the 21st century? I said it last week, I'll say it again this week. I feel like apostles are innovators and entrepreneurs. Listen, if you have ideas in the room and you act on those ideas... If you're an entrepreneur in the room and you've started businesses or you've pursued things, listen, you have an apostolic gifting inside of you. Well, what about the prophetic? Man, they're seers and reformers. You're the individuals that can look into a situation and you can start to figure out and problem solve how to get through the challenge. Man, the evangelist in the room, you're storytellers and gatherers. You love telling a story. You love opening up the the door to your house and, and having people over. If you're an evangelist, you're gathering people together. That's the role of an evangelist. What about the shepherds? Man, the shepherds shepherds are caretakers and healers. All my RNs in the room, all my mamas in the room. Like, you know, somebody falls, gets a cut on their knee. Like, you're a shepherd, you're a caretaker. And what about the teachers and your learners and guides? It's, It's important to understand the role of the gift so that you can understand your role in society, so you can understand your role in the kingdom of God. Bill Johnson, I've read this quote every single week. Maybe it'll stick with you this week. But he says this, any gospel that doesn't work in the marketplace simply doesn't work. Your job as a Christ follower is to be engaged in the marketplace. How do we do this? We do this by having the position of dominion. We see that in Genesis chapter 1, while having the posture 
of a servant. We see that in Philippians chapter 2. So, so we have this position of dominion and posture of a servant, and that's how we storm the gates. What I know is this, gates control the city. Gates are made to keep the enemy out. Where's my movie buffs in the room? Any, anybody a movie buff in the room? Like four of you? The rest of you are lying. Like, okay, where's my Netflix fans in the room? Like, does that make, okay. Like, I, I, enjoy, I enjoy a good movie. Now, this is what I enjoy. I enjoy movies that have, like, trilogies, right? I, I enjoy the storyline. Any, any storyline people in the room? I, I love storylines. I love Pirates of the Caribbean. I, I, think it's, I think it's well done. I think it's a good movie. Don't judge me for this. I love Harry Potter. Any Harry Potter fans in the room? Can you be a pastor and watch Harry Potter? Probably not, but I, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, let me hit the religious people. What about Narnia? It's the same stuff. It's witches and wardrobes. Like, I mean, come on. Well, how's Lance Jesus? Well, it's still the same thing, okay. What, what, anybody, anybody like Planet of the Apes? I was actually a big Planet of the Apes. You like Planet of the Apes? I was a big Planet of the Apes fan. Like, that was a good one. Any Lord of the Rings fans? There you go. I got, you make more noise for Lord of the Rings. No, I'm just kidding. But, but I, lo- I love Lord of the Rings. If you guys remember one of the last battles, it's one of my favorite scenes of the entire series. But the Army of the West is commanded by Argon, and he has about 6,000 men. And they head to the gates of Mordor with an elf, a dwarf, 6,000 men, a wizard, and a hobbit. But, but what I love about this scene, what I love about this story is they took the battle to the enemy's gates. Listen, they, they posted up. And I feel like that's how we have to live. We have to take the battle to the enemy gate because we can raise our hand and say, well, I feel like the enemy's controlling the entertainment industry. Well, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that you have dominion over the earth, that Christ's followers have dominion over the earth. So regardless of how we feel, who's in control, God's already ordained you that you're in control because you're a Christ follower and you're called to have dominion over the earth. And that's how we have to live. Last week, we talked about the family gate. And I don't think it was a coincidence that, that we went through what we went through last week. Kaylee, I don't think it's a coincidence that you passed out in worship last week. I, Alex sent me this text when you guys were at the, the ER in the ER, and he texted me. He said, "Man, I just feel like I just feel like the enemy is attacking us." And, and listen, maybe you're new to church, maybe you haven't been in church for a while, but but can I tell you that there are physical battles and there are absolutely spiritual battles, and, and that's something that we have to recognize as a people. Just to let you guys know, everything's 100% okay with Kaylee. Everything's 100% okay with Harlow. So thank you guys for your prayers. That's something, it's something to celebrate. But when the enemy starts throwing punches, I'm telling you, I'm going to start throwing punches back. Listen, I'm, I'm tired. I'm tired of Christ followers just cowering in the corner. We have to square up and we have to go toe to toe. I'll throw it back to 2004, knuck if you buck. Did I get anybody without? Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate it. Some of y'all just told on yourself, all right? Everybody that's laughing right now, somebody's like, I got to Google that. Don't Google it, all right? But, but we're in this series of living for more. Last week, I talked about the family gate. And today, I want to talk specifically about the education gate. Again, Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 tells us that we have dominion over the earth. That would include everything. I'm going to hit on Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, and Proverbs 22, 6. This morning, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, kind of put a bookmark there. But the education gate, I believe that education is one of the most powerful weapons on earth. 
and we have to pay attention to what we pass to the next generation. Because what kids are learning today will decide the world's tomorrow. Regardless of whether you believe it or not, what they learn in the classroom today will affect our future tomorrow. Matthew chapter 5 verse 13 says this, you are the salt and the light of the earth. Matthew goes on to say, if you lose your saltiness, how can you be made salty again? You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. But I feel like that's the way we live when we walk into certain parts of society. I'm a Christ follower, but I'm in education. So I don't know if I can talk about Jesus in the school system. Because if I talk about Jesus in the school system, then I might get canceled. I might lose my job. Is losing your job a real thing to, to think about? Absolutely. But it's also a real thing to think about individuals who might die and go to hell. Like, Pastor, well, that's easy for you. You have a job where you get to talk about Jesus. I'm not saying that you've got to, like, walk in and say Jesus saves on your shirt. But I am saying that there are opportunities that you have to pour into students on a day-to-day example. So, so Matthew chapter 6, verse 10, Jesus is teaching his disciples how to pray. And he says this. He says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's, that's a prayer to pray right there. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That we're not doing this on our own accord. We're not doing this on our own account, but we're following the call of God. That we might play a role in bringing heaven to earth. That we might play a role in in expressing who Jesus is to others. Jesus didn't commission us to stare into the clouds until he returns. I think what too many Christ followers are doing, they'll go, man, I got my get out of hell free card. I'm going to hang out over here. And I don't want to approach society, but I know I'm good. Think about the book of Acts. Think about the angels that are talking to the disciples and they say this, Men of Galilee, why do you stand here staring into the sky? Too many Christ followers are like, oh God, when are you coming back? If the Lord should tarry, like, come up with some weird language in church. <laughs> like, well, if the Lord, well, we, just need, we just need Jesus to come back and everything will be okay, brother. Like, yeah, yes, that is factual. That is a factual statement. But he's called you to kick your behind into gear to expand the kingdom of God until he comes back, not to just stare up at the clouds. In Matthew chapter 19, we are commanded to occupy until he returns. The Greek word that that Matthew uses is occupy word. It's a military word. And the purpose of occupation isn't to get comfortable. It's not to say, hey, our church has grown, we've got four walls, we're good. No, it's to advance the kingdom. It's to take more territory. And why does all this matter when it comes to gates? Zach, why are you going so hard? You're talking about education. Well, let me tell you why it matters. I'm going to rattle off a few things. The first one is this. Our kids must become educated to become educators. Again, what they learn now, they'll teach tomorrow. Number two. That's what my number two was. What they learn now, they'll teach later. And number three, parents in the room, listen to this statement. Parents are responsible. Parents, that's your call. That's your mandate. God has entrusted you to be a parent. Not to pass your kids off that someone else might parent them. Not to pass them off to the school system that they might learn who Jesus is through the school system. That ain't happening. I don't care if they go to a Christian school. It's still not something you can pass off. Parents in the room, you are responsible to teach your kids moral and biblical values. It's your responsibility. It's your call. 
Let me talk specifically to a few people in the room. If you're an educator in the room, if you're in education, if you're a teacher, you're an administrator, you're a coach, and and, and even a coach that's not inside the school system, maybe you work with kids on a day-to-day basis, I'm going to ask you to stand for one second. If you're a teacher in the room, educator room, everybody stand. Stand, 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 stand. Can we give it up for these guys? Stay Stay standing for just a minute. Can I tell you that what you do matters? I don't care if you work in Christian education, secular education. I don't care if you're in private, public. I do not care. What you do matters. You're impacting kids. You're impacting lives. My life wouldn't be what it is without two people. Kevin Sheps, who led me to Jesus, and Miss Lindman, my journalism teacher from high school. I will never forget her name. She made an impact on my life. My family's being torn apart. My parents are divorced. My dad goes to jail. My mom gets custody. And I show up to this school. That all happened two days before high school for me. Two days before high school. And I show up to this school, and Miss Lindman poured into my life for the next four years. What you do matters. Your day-to-day matters. Riley, the way you impact with students, it matters. Coach, the way you impact with students, it matters. Everyone standing, the way that you interact with students, it matters. Now, you you guys can go ahead and sit down. Go ahead and throw Brittany's uh, email on the screen. Why are we throwing this up here? Because we want to do two things for the educators in the room. One, we want to help you finish well this year. Some of you, I know you're already wrapped up. And two, we want to help you start strong next year. Again, I don't care if you're a coach, I don't care if you're a teacher, you're an administrator, whatever your role is, I want you to email Brittany on how the church can help serve in the local community. How can we serve in the local school system? How can we serve in local gyms? How can we serve with your teams? Please email us to let us know how we can serve you. Number four is this, if you're an educator, you may plant seeds that another person will harvest. You don't know the impact that you have on someone's life. I can't tell my story without mentioning the name of Miss Lindman. I, I can't do it. I, I'm willing to bet that across a room this size, you can start to think back to when you were in school and you can start to identify professors or teachers or administrators or coaches that had an impact on your life at, at some season. And number five is this, a biblical teacher paired with biblical parenting allows students to positively impact the world. I can't can't think of something more powerful. I can't think of someone who, who has kind of this mental awareness of education, but also has this spiritual awareness of who Jesus is. And when they attack the marketplace, they're going to make a difference in society. Why why does all this matter? I worked in higher ed for, for seven years. So before we planted a church, man, I worked in higher ed. I was a professor. Um, I worked in enrollment. I worked in athletic recruitment. Had a, had a gambit of, of different job titles. But Southeastern University radically changed my perspective and radically changed the trajectory of my life. For example, the university is one of the top 10 fastest growing private universities in the nation. And I would say it's because of their biblical foundation. Now, if you don't know this, many of you know like UNC, like UNC has like UNC Wilmington, UNC Greensboro, they have different offshoots of of UNC. Well, Southeastern University has over 200 extension sites across the nation. 
And because you're a part of this church, because you're a part of the Multiply family, you actually support one of them. It's called SEU Carolina. Take a look at this story from one of our students. Growing up um, as, as an immigrant was, was extremely tough. Um, growing up with many immigrants, I didn't know a homeowner. I didn't know someone who started their own business. I didn't know anyone who went to school. I didn't even know anyone who really enjoyed what they, what they did for a living because really the mindset for the people, the community that I was really surrounded by was work hard, survive, and live check to check. So I remember when I thought about even going to school, it felt impossible, it was foreign. I am a DACA recipient. And essentially what that means is that I have a work permit. And uh, it comes with a couple of limitations. Two big things as a college age person is I don't qualify for financial aid and I pay out-of-state tuition. Um, so realistically, it's almost impossible for me to go to school. I remember there was a season when they were thinking about ending the, the work permit that I have, that DACA, they were gonna end that program. And I remember struggling, like I, it was tough because I'm spending each month like a mortgage payment for my school payment. I am working a lot of hours. I don't, I don't see the money because I'm investing it in a degree and yet I don't know if I'm gonna be here in two years. The hardest part about this whole concept is that you may not be with your family, right? So the, the logical, reasonable thing to do would be to save the money that I have and to be with my family whom I may not be with in the future. I can't really say that I believe that something better was on the other side. I just knew that I needed to be obedient to what God was asking me to do, which was be a part of SEU. And God came through, as he always does. He, uh, I received scholarships, I received favor from like my pastors, my teachers. I received favor from my bosses at all my part-time jobs where they were able to be flexible with me with church events and evening events and night classes and practicums and all that good stuff. Now, when I should have graduated realistically in seven, eight years because of what I could afford, I'm graduating Within five years, I am gonna graduate with absolutely no student debt because I paid everything out of pocket. And like, I have a job, you know, I, I was able to get offered a, my full-time position because of the network of SEU. I remember my sister, when, one of the moments, one of the seasons that I wanted to give up or I was exhausted, my sister's like, Debbie, you have the opportunity, you have mom and dad support here. Like, even though they don't fully understand it, they have your back. Recently, my family was actually, you know, they were like, hey, when's your graduation? And we started looking at dates and we started looking at Airbnbs in Florida so that we could all go. And I remember that my, my mom was like, hey, I think I'm gonna invite your aunt. And I was like, why? Stop, you're being weird. <laughs> and she was like, Debbie, she was like, no one has graduated in our family, not just our immediate family, but None of your cousins have ever been to college and graduated. I can't say it was me. It took a whole village, really, for, for me to get this degree. It took my family to support me. 
It took favor from pastors. It took encouragement from my mentors to not like allow me to give up. It hasn't really hit me yet that I'm gonna be walking in about eight weeks, but I know that when I'm in Florida walking on that stage, it won't be for me. I won't look at it as Debbie Garcia has a bachelor's degree. I'll look at it as, as the Garcia family has a bachelor's degree because no one in my family has experienced anything like this. So um, it'll be such a beautiful, beautiful moment. Man, can we give it up for Debbie Garcia and her family? Why, why do we share stories like that? It's because we believe that it's important to share stories of people. And, and believe it or not, because of Kingdom Builders, that's how, that's how we were able to support Debbie. I don't know, many of you don't even know who Debbie is, but she used to be one of our practicum students out in, in Lake Norman, and she spent a lot of time out here. But, but education matters. And, and with education, does higher ed matter? Absolutely. But I also believe that that our local public and private school systems matter as well. I truly believe that they both have their place. There's individuals in the room that you're products of private Christian education. There's individuals in the room that you're products of public education. Listen, I went to public school for high school, went to a private Christian school for college. I'm a, I'm a product of both. But this is what I know. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 says this, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. I know today's my birthday. I ain't old. I'm just 33. I'm young. But when I'm old, when I'm old, I don't want to depart from the word of God. I don't want to depart from the, the things that have been instilled in me by people who have poured into me. Listen, if you work outside of a Christian school, I, I know, I know that it's challenging. I know that it's hard. But, but can I just kind of publicly say that we commend you? Listen, I, I can't imagine doing what you're doing right now. But when you step into your calling and when you step into your gift set, you can and will impact people around you. Is Jessica Clark in the room? Oh, there she is. Miss Jessica, make your way up here. Come on, come on, Miss Jessica, come on up here. Y'all go ahead and throw that, y'all throw that slide on the screen. Come on up. I want you to stand. I want you to stand front and center where everybody can see you. Now listen, you're, you're a special, special woman. You're a special woman. This, this, Miss Jessica loves being up front and center, by the way. She hates it. That's why I'm doing it. But, but this is what you might not know about Miss Jessica. This is what you do know. What you do know is if you have a kid, she's always shaking your kid in. What, what you do know is you see her almost every single Sunday serving. What you don't know is this, that she's an educator. What you don't know is she was in elementary school, what, three years ago? Two, two and a half years ago, really, two years ago. While she was in elementary school, she, no, no big deal. She just won teacher of the year for two years. Like, that's, that's no big deal at all. Then, then she was like, oh, elementary, uh, that's too easy. I'm going to go to high school. Been in high school system for two years, Mooresville High School. Been in the high school system for two years. This past year, she just won teacher of the year again. But, but we honor you and we celebrate you. And can I, can I tell I'm going to stand down here. Can I tell you this? You standing up here is a representation of every single educator in the room. You standing up here is a representation of what God can do through you to impact a community. You standing up here is a representation of you following out your calling and your gift set. Listen, I see you on Sunday morning. I, couldn't, I, can't, I can only imagine what you're like inside the classroom. I, I know that you care for kids. I know that you get them on the right path. Sometimes that's through tough love. I've, I'm sure you got a strong arm in you. But can we give it up for Miss Jessica Clark one time? 
and, and all of our, give me a hug, and all of our educators. We just want to honor you and celebrate you. But what, what she's doing, what she's doing makes a difference. Every educator in the room, every coach in the room, every teacher in the room, every administrator in the room, what you do is making a difference. Now, let me talk specifically to the parents for a second. Can I tell you that I truly believe that there's individuals in this room that should run for school board positions? L let that sink in for just a second. There's a quote that goes around the internet, be the change that you wish to see in the world. Don't just talk smack about the school system. Get involved in the school system. Impact the school system. And, and you know who can have one of the biggest impacts in the room? It's actually the students. Every student, every student in the room, whether you're in college, whether you're in middle school, high school, I mean, I would say even our, our elementary school-aged kids that are, that are in the gym, I, I, couldn't imagine, I couldn't imagine going through school right now. I know what it was like when I went through, but you guys are in the trenches. I, I can't imagine the conversations that you hear at the lunch tables. I, I can't imagine the, the family situations that you hear of from your friends. I can't imagine the things that you see. But we are a church that believes in the power of prayer. In fact, one of our church principles is that we pray first. Why? Because Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says this, do not be anxious about, any, about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. We can talk about storm in the gates, but this is what I know, prayer changes things. Prayer allows me to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the devil. Prayer allows me to storm the gates. And one of the biggest arenas that's shaping our students' minds is education. Does anybody remember the movie Hacksaw Ridge? Any Hacksaw Ridge fans? I, I loved Hacksaw Ridge. But think back, and if you haven't seen it, this guy named Private Desmond Doss, he fought in, in World War II as a combat medic. Now, the unique thing about him was he never carried a weapon. And so individuals would think that he doesn't have courage. Individual, individuals would think that, that he wouldn't be able to save them or rescue them regardless of what happened. His battalion took the fight to the enemy's gate. And they climbed this cliff. And on the other side, they're met with the enemy. And what I know about the enemy's gate is this. It's not pretty. It's not sexy. It's not inviting. The enemy's gate is full of death and destruction. But they took the fight to the enemy. His battalion comes under attack. They're all pinned down. People are laid out, shot everywhere. And under the cover of night, what does Private Desmond Doss do? He goes and rescues soldiers one by one, grabbing them, throwing them over his shoulder, dragging them, whatever he has to do, and lowering them down the cliff famous words that he said as he was praying, God, help me to save one more. Help me to get one more. Please, Lord, help me get one more. Help me get one more.
Again, I'm going to ask every teacher, educator, coach, if you stood up earlier, I'm going to ask you to come to the front. If you guys can ask, kind of make your way to the front. Make your way, make your way, make your way. Just kind of line up in the front. This, this is what I know. I know we just watched that little clip. That's the way y'all feel at the end of the school year. <laughs> Y'all's hands are busted. You're like, oh, God. And it's not help me get one more. It's just help me get one more day in. Let me... I feel like teachers, y'all can look at me for a second, teachers, coaches, all that good stuff. I feel like, you know, normal people, y'all count down, like normal people, we count down like the days to Christmas. <laughs> These people count down the days of the summer, right? <laughs> like, oh, it's, it's 14 more days and we're out, we're out for the summer. But man, can I, can I let you know again that what you do matters. Regardless, regardless of how you impact students, regardless of what your role might be, what, what if that became your prayer? What if that was your prayer? God, help me get one more. Because many of you, man, you're on the front lines. Many of you, you're storming the gates of hell. What would it look like for you to get one more? Hey, if we could, this is what I'm going to ask. We're going to pray over these guys. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, Hey, maybe you're comfortable doing this, maybe you're not. Um, if you want to pray specifically for somebody, we believe in laying on hands, so come up here and pray for them. Um, if not, man, maybe you just extend your hand, maybe you just extend your hand forward. But if we could get some people to come up and start praying over these guys. Lord, thank you so much for the educators in the room. God, thank you for the coaches in the room. Thank you for the teachers in the room. God, thank you for the administrators in the room. Regardless of what level they work on, God, we say thank you because they are moving back the enemy. They are kicking the enemy in the teeth. They are taking ground for the kingdom of God. And right now, we just say thank you. God, right now, we, we cover them with protection. God, we cover them in prayer that as they step onto the battlefield, as they step into their area of service, that they would be protected, that your angels would go before them, that you would cover behind them, that your spirit would go before them, that your spirit would go behind them, that they would remember that they have the spirit of the living God inside of them and that their call might be one more, that they might impact one more kid, that they might impact one more family. That they, they might impact one more marriage. Who, who, know, who knows what the individuals that they impact will do in the future? And for that, God, we say thank you and amen and amen. Now listen, don't go anywhere. Those educators in the room, if you could kind of slide, slide to the side. If you're praying over them, walk with them. Just slide to the side. I need all my students. All my students, middle school, high school, college, whatever you are, all the students, I need y'all front and center. So all the students, all the students, college students, everybody, front and center. I know we're going over a little bit today, but we're praying, so it's okay. Hey, if you're an educator in the room, if you're a teacher in the room, I want y'all to start praying over the students. 
I want y'all, it's y'all's turn to pray. Y'all get over here and start praying. If you're a coach, start praying for the students. God, right now, we just say thank you for these students. I couldn't imagine going through what they're going through, but we believe in the power of prayer, and we believe that there's a call of God on each student in the room. We believe that there's a call of God, there's a gift inside of them, that you have called them to storm the gates, and and though teachers have an impact, students are on the front lines. They experience stuff that I would never imagine experiencing. They see things that I would never want to see. God, we pray that you would give them a boldness. God, we pray that you would give them a security. God, we pray that they would know who you are. God, we pray that we would take back the gate of education. The only way that it's going to be taken back is through educators, administrators, coaches, and students. Lord, I pray for the the next days and the next weeks, months, and years to come as as the staff, as, as the students, they step into the gate of education. When the enemy comes, I pray that they would be prepared. When the enemy comes, that they would be ready. And they would think just one more. And then if we could, if I could get my students to kind of slide, slide to the side. There's one other group. I wasn't planning on this, but there's one other group that I want to pray for. You guys can kind of slide to the side. I'm going to ask every parent of a school age, college age, whatever you got, I'm going to ask you guys to come up front. Eventually, there's going to be nobody sitting out there. (laughs) All, All the parents in the room. We're parents. All the parents in the room. Hey, is this, is this mic over here on? Is Brian King, are you in the room? Yes, no? Brian King. Oh, there he is. That a boy. Hey, Brian, can you run up here? Because I'm a parent, so I want to get prayed over. <laughs> I wasn't planning on this, but I can do it. Your mic's on. There you go. Um, so, Brian, could you, just, could you just pray over all the parents in the room? Father in heaven, we look to you because you are our heavenly Father. And Lord, we know that you are not a man that you should lie, but Lord, you have entrusted us with these young ones in our lives, in our ministries. Father, you have placed them in our care. And Father, as we learn to love you, we learn to love these little ones. Lord, we are examples to them. We are inspiration to them. And Father, we are parents and teachers to them. Father, I speak your blessing, your anointing over every parent, every teacher in this room that you would speak in and through us. As we receive from you, we freely give to them. As we we show the love of the Father to these children that they might know the love of their heavenly Father. And we thank you, Lord, for these children. We thank you that they're part of this church. They're not the church of the future. They're the church today. And we thank you, Lord, that you've placed them here. You've placed them in our trust. Help us, Lord, to do your work in their lives. We pray all this in the name of Christ our Savior. Amen. Amen. Come on. You guys may go back to your seats. I'm going to end a little different. But let me, let me read this to you. I'll, I'll wrap up really quick. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6. Train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, 
won't depart from it. That's our prayer, that we would continue to train up. We would train up kids, that we would take back the gate of education. With every head bowed and every eye closed. Can't, we, we, don't believe in, we don't believe in doing a service without giving a salvation call. Because that's the most important thing in life. If we can get that right, everything else will fall into place. Everything else won't be easy, but everything else will fall into place. Go back to the beginning of the message. It starts with Christ at the center. It starts with the kingdom of God at the center of your life. And all across this room, maybe you've never made a decision to step into a relationship with Jesus. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hands so that we can pray together. Why? Because we believe that it's the most important decision you could ever make in your entire life, but it's just the beginning. So all across this room, we're saying, Pastor Zach, man, I really want to step into a relationship with Jesus today. On the count of three, would you just slip up your hands? Ready? One, two, three. All across this room. And you just slip those hands right back down. And if you could say this prayer after me, we all say, Jesus, come into my life and forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my fears. Forgive me of my mistakes. Help me to live wide awake to your love and fully alive to my purpose. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Can we give it up for the three people who just accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior? Hey, listen, if that was you, we believe that it's the most important decision that you could ever make in your entire life, but it's just the beginning. Right outside these doors to the left, we have our wide awake and fully alive area. We have a team there ready to talk to you. Man, I would encourage you to stop by. It's not just about saying the prayer, but it's about following Jesus daily. Listen, we'll be right back here, same time, same place next week as we continue to love Jesus and change the world. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining us today at Multiply Church. We can't wait to see you again next week, either in person or online, as we continue to love Jesus and change the world.